Welcome to the Fields of Fantasy Podcast, hosted by Hestel and Ed. And welcome to the Fields of Fantasy Week 4 preview show. Pestle and Ed of TH Fantasy Football are here with you once more. How was your Week 4 fantasy football, Edward? My fantasy football... Yours, yes. ...was horrendous. Snap, same here. <laughs> I, I think I'm in... I counted, including best balls, I think I'm in 23 leagues. And I won five out of 23. After having three... Oh, is this week four? No, week three. Week three. Yeah, after having two pretty solid weeks. First week was particularly good, so I hope it's not a downward slide. So I had the same. I had two really good weeks to start, but out of my top 14 leagues, I only won three after having 10 two weeks previous. It probably shows how similar our drafting strategy is that we both had a bad week at the same time. Could well do. It just seemed every single game I was against either Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill or... Very annoyingly, Raheem Mostert. But we'll talk about some of those individuals in a moment. More injuries to discuss. Unfortunately, this week, it just keeps happening. That gruelling nature of the NFL means we have some more players that, fancy-wise, we've lost, but also enjoyment of the NFL-wise, we're going to miss for the season. This is, though, also the last week with no buys for eight weeks. So we'll talk about bye weeks in a bit. And the final thing before we get into the main chunk of the show I'll be adding in from here on in is Justin Jefferson 2,000-plus yards watch. Currently, he's on pace for just under 2,600 yards on the season. Well, the Vikings, this this stage last season, were 3-0, and were they? Yeah. And they're 0-3. It's, it, it's it amazing that on... It doesn't look like he's playing amazing, but he's actually doing phenomenally well. We've just come to expect it from JJ, haven't we? He's a bit, bit like us. You know, we make it seem effortless. Just relentlessly, consistently wonderful. Yeah, and I um, think... You know, we, people I, I, stop paying attention after all, don't they? <laughs> Pay attention, listen to us. Should we do some heroes? Oh, let's go. Fantasy heroes. First up, a TH favourite, Adam Thielen. What are two weeks for the veteran? An insane week three, 11 of 14 receptions, 145 yards and a touchdown, 31.5 points. There are too many individuals to choose from, so Dolphins, you're all heroes this week, with four of the top ten players in week three being a part of the demolition of Denver. Who else went to bed praying for a score that only Devante Adams can deliver? I know I did. 13.23 yards per reception, two touchdowns and 42.2 points made him wide receiver two. The Buffalo defence put Howe back on note with nine sacks, four interceptions and a pick six as they bought him 33 points. Without the Dolphins' streak result, he'd be the headline grabber, quietly having a real breakout season. Kenneth Walker has left Charbonnet in the shades, 30.6 points. And Keenan Allen gets it done again as he moves to the number one player in all fantasy football on the season with his 45.4.4. As always, Ed, we are out of breath, but shall we get straight into those zeros? It's the more difficult one, but I'm excited. Fantasy Zeros. Dalton Schultz proved that a tight end isn't always a rookie QB's best friend as Stroud looked elsewhere and Schultz only picked up one reception. He was worse than Zach Wilson at QB28, a horrible week for Sam Howell with four, yes, four interceptions. Josh Kelly makes it two in a row as he looks to have squandered his opportunity to be the man in Eckler's absence. He was expected to be the lead back while Aaron Jones nursed a poorly hamstring, but he was RB53, AJ Dillon shocking. Traylon Burks achieved a wide receiver's nightmare of more targets than yards. Six for five yards. And after a stunning week one, his figures the last two weeks have been pretty appalling. Calvin Ridley was wide receiver 58 with just seven fantasy points. Whew. 
I am pooped. It's yeah. my favourite bit of the show, though. It, is, it is my favourite bit. It always comes out well. And for the first time, for listeners home, the first time we've actually done that in one take for each of them, so we're very proud of ourselves. Other notables on the week, though. And my favourite notable, Sam Laporta. I mean, he's really here on the season at this point. 18 receptions over first three games is an NFL record for tight ends. He's now the story we were expecting to be about Jameer Gibbs in Detroit, isn't he? Yeah, he's the tight end. There was always going to be one of this class of tight ends that was going to break out. It looks like it's a porter, and he is part of the fantasy prop later, Mark. Oh, very exciting. Cardinals, I've just got written, what's happening? Uh, because the Cardinals were tanking. They were going to be rubbish. They weren't going to put any effort in. Kyler Murray wouldn't be back at any point in the season. And actually, they looked all right in the first two defeats. And then who had money on them beating the Cowboys? <laughs> Not me. I think, you know, Josh Dobbs has had a decent season. You know, worthy of a pickup maybe, but yeah. The run he ripped off at the beginning of that game was absolutely ridiculous, wasn't it? It's just like the Cowboys are going, oh, we didn't think you'd do that. <laughs> yeah. just... NFL is great as kind of a leveller. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like there's, there's so many games where you think, oh, that's nailed on. And just out of nowhere, someone... It's interesting. I can't remember where I heard it. It might have been on Red Zone where they said the difference between the top players and the worst players in the NFL isn't actually that no. huge a difference. Any player can have that massive play. I don't think you get the same as other sports. It's the consistency that is the separator, isn't it, really? Agreed. Bears, however, um, they look awful. Like, is it Justin Fields? Is it just on him? I mean, the, just look, I don't know, I'm confused. It's, it's the, the coaching. It's, it's everything there, isn't it? I think they're certainly tanking. And yeah, if you've drafted any Bears players, you mustn't be happy at the moment. He didn't get hot until week six last season, though. So potentially, if you see him hitting the waiver wire at some point over the next couple of weeks... If you've got a spot to stash him, it's probably worth it, isn't it? He's, that ceiling is there that other players just don't have. But it just doesn't look confident, doesn't look comfortable. And he's, he's not giving me points in my fantasy football team, which is quite you've got him in quite a few leagues, have uh, you? Quite, yeah, quite a few. Uh, only Dynasty ones, though, so obviously I can sort that out uh, next season. Anyway, um, shout out to one of my new favourite names, player I'd never heard of before this week, if I'm completely honest, Pharaoh Brown. First time I've said that name. It was tight end four on the week, but word of warning before you rush to get him on the waiver wire. Two for two, 71 yards and a touchdown. What do we call it? An outlier. An that outlier, yes. <laughs> this is, games like that is what the word outlier was created for. Can, are we allowed to talk about Jamar Chase? He had a decent week. I've got him on the list, chance oh, to do okay. now. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously Chase had a good week. I mean, he, he had a very average couple of weeks, but yeah, he was the one that Burrow went to when the Bengals were desperate this week. When Burrow was struggling to have any mobility and need to safety off, surprisingly, it was the elite receiver on the team. As we said, people last week were talking about, oh, should I trade him, should I drop him? Like, behave. Like, it's proven over a couple of seasons how good he is. It's that overaction, isn't it, to week one and week two, and people thinking the way to pick and need to get value. Just hold Just on to patient, players like that, yeah. yeah. Elijah Moore, nine targets, nine receptions, three rushing attempts. 48 combined yards for 11.8 points. Even when he has a fantastic game as far as reception and work goes, he just can't get it done. 11.8 points is his seventh best fantasy week in 29 starts. The hope for wow. Elijah Moore just hasn't come through, has it? No, he's, he's such a funny one, Elijah Moore. He does seem absolutely chock full of talent, but he just never delivers on a fancy level anyway. He seems like a player that's probably destined to keep moving and people think, oh, this will be the time. Um, but yeah, we've not seen it yet. Antonio Gibson gave one of my favourite highlights of Red Zone this week. After once again fumbling the ball, 
the camera went to on the sideline and he was looking cross at the sweat on his arms, wiping it off with a towel like it was a sweat <laughs> spell. <laughs> like, no, the problem is you, you're a clumsy, you're a clumsy boy. Was it a bit like when John Harbaugh looked angry when the flowers were caught on Zay Flowers, when Zay Flowers died? No, because John Harbaugh was rightly angry at a genuine miscarriage of justice, Edward. Um, Antonio Gibson was cross at sweat. Oh, okay. Swift looks to be the RB1 in Philly for now. Um, with, came, with Gamewell back, he was still the lead back and still the fancy relevant player on the lineup. That's going to change. It's, yeah, for now. I think that will change around as the season goes on. So don't give up hope on Kenneth Gamewell yet. But he's, I don't know, I'm gutted because I'd got him in quite a few places. It's a shame that momentum is gone. It seems like this week was a really high-scoring week across the board, but the top 12 QBs all scored 20-plus points. However, last week, the top 16 managed that. 23 wide receivers scored 12-plus points, 18 over 16. That was lower than last week. 17 running backs scored 12-plus points, 11 scored 16, lower than last week. And nine tight ends with 10-plus points, four with 15-plus, once again, down on last week's numbers. But... It felt like a huge fantasy week because there were four absolute mega scores. We've spoken about the Dolphins briefly already. The top five scores on the season. First, Devon A-Chain, 51.3. I mean, that helped people's benches do uh, do very well this week. <laughs> it was quite entertaining going through some of the leagues. Seeing Devon A-Chain <laughs> sat on the bench of most of them. Uh, Keenan Allen, 45.5. Raheem Mostert, 45.2. I mean, Mostert, I'm going to talk about it a little bit later. He just... He smacks of giving you that hope and then he'll bugger off for the rest of the season. I don't know, maybe the 31-year-old will give us a bit more this season. Tyreek Hill scoring week one, 44.5. And then fifth, Devontae Adams, 42.2. So some huge points. The sorts of scores that will probably stand up over the course of the season as top 10 performances, won't they? Another interesting fact, while we're starting to get to the stage after three weeks where we can look at some more extended data, really, I don't like to look at that until about week five when you can take away some of those outliers and look at more clear patterns. But yards after the catch stats, I think it's something that's really interesting from a fantasy point of view, because it's that value added of your points after the actual reception itself. So, Debo Samuel, first with 139. Second, Pukunakua, 109, obviously continues his really, really solid season. CD Lamb, 107. Justin Jefferson, 106. Obviously, he's going to be in the mix. Fifth, a running back. Bijan Robinson with 94. Joint fifth, another running back. Who is the running back keeping pace with Bijan Robinson for yards after the catch? I don't know. Somebody, a big brute like John Dre Swift or something like that. A big brute. A big brute. <laughs> a big brute. Jalen Warren of yeah. the Steelers. So Jalen Warren will also talk about later as well. We're now at the point where we can look at that data a little bit more closely. So then we will dig into a little bit more as the season goes on. But before we look at our sits of the week, it's injury time. Obviously, there's a quarterback we've got to add to the injury list. Derek Carr, shoulder. Time frame to be confirmed, but he's down as week to week. We also need to throw Jimmy G's concussion into that. He was having a decent game for Jimmy G as well in there. Um, it's week end of week three, so Rashad Bateman's injured. Um, <laughs> obviously, his hamstring injury. He got a nice check down pass at the very beginning. I thought Harbs had been listening to us after last week. Yeah. That went wrong. Um, obviously, there's running backs galore to use. It doesn't matter too much that Gus Edwards is now potentially also out with concussion protocol. Kenyon Drake and he's Melvin your favorite, Gordon. Isn't he, oh, he's Drake. such. He's, He's, an, he's another clumsy boy. Clumsy. Just, oh yeah, I, I can't get into that. That'd be a whole show in itself. Mike Williams, though, That's I'm a gutted about. He, yeah. Every time you get hope for Mike Williams, something seems to go wrong for him. He's having a great game and he's now had a season ending ACL injury, uh, so, which is, is devastating for him. Unfortunately, he's a player that, because of last year's injuries, I didn't follow our own advice of not 
drafting based on injuries, but I'm quite glad I did now. Once again, as you say, transfer football doesn't really matter in the context of these injuries, but that's what we're here to discuss. Anthony Richardson, they're hopefully back for week four. I wish in hindsight we had had the Andy Richardson, Lamar Jackson, because Gardner Minshew, he didn't read the script at the weekend, and neither <laughs> did Justin fact, Tucker. Justin I, Tucker's meant to get those in every time. I told time. you, Minshew magic. Yeah, but anyway, I can't get excited about Gardner Minshew either, so shall we discuss some... Seats of the Week. Right, so negatively first then, a name that we mentioned at this stage last year as being not very reliable and whether the decline was on the way. So now that we mention him now, I imagine he will have a fantastic week next week. Derek Henry does need mentioning at this point as a potential sit. But are you really going to do it is the question. Could you actually put Derek Henry on the bench with the current landscape of running backs? No, it was last year about this time where we started, where he started an upward curve, which was directly opposite to what we predicted. So the Browns' defence have been solid against the run, second best in the league, only 52 yards per game. Um, Derek Henry didn't have a great week. Was it 20 yards rushing? One of my say favourite stats, the most damning stat for how badly he played by his standards. Minus seven rushing yards at half-time for Derek Henry. It's almost unheard of. Ty J Spears is looking like he's going to get worked in as well. And the one thing that Titans haven't had before is someone else to put in position. Um, I say we're saying this, Derek Henry will obviously go and have a phenomenal game now. Garrett Wilson, really disappointing that um, he must be gutted that he'd, he'd been given this lovely present of a Hall of Fame calibre quarterback to be slinging in the ball. Everything we saw from obviously the production element of Hard Knocks made look like that connection was real. Did you see the argument where it looked like an argument between yes. Garrett Wilson and Zach Wilson on the sidelines? <laughs> I just wonder what I wonder, Gary, Why are you so rubbish? See, <laughs> I don't know whether that's yeah. how it went. You see, you see the ball, you see my hands. <laughs> there, please. <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to be disappointing. And the Chiefs, they've got this week, are the fifth best against the pass so far. Gary Wilson, once again, with what you spent on draft capital, that's going to be painful, but might be the best decision for your fantasy team. Jake Ferguson has had a couple of all right weeks. Tight end 11 twice in a row, but the Patriots are solid against tight ends. Week one, no yards to tight ends. Week two, 23. Week three, 26. So a player that I've been using quite heavily in DFS, I will probably be veering away from this week. Before I get to the main conversation piece for the sits, who have you got to raise? Well, just first of all, I hope you ignored me last week because I told you to sit James Connor. Yes, you did. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I listened I, I, to you, Ed. But I, I, you know, I'll front up and own up to my mistakes. Yeah, I did listen and I did bench him. <laughs> yes. yeah. he ended it, up... was, it was logical. Well, Obviously, it was, it was logical. He was not going to have a good game against the Cowboys, no. but he ended up as RB6. He had a, pretty, yep. a very good game. So take this with a pinch of salt, but this week I would recommend that you sit Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin. It's been a rough ride for him in the commander's offence this season. He's averaging just over 10 points a game, which is probably not what you're hoping for from Terry McLaurin if you drafted him. Uh, And he's sitting as wide receiver 41 as it stands. I can't see this improving against the Eagles in week four. Uh, Sam Howell is more likely to give some receptions to the Eagles secondary than his wide receivers. <laughs> so, yeah, Terry McLaurin is someone I'd be a bit dubious of starting this week. I was so happy that somehow had a bad game. I don't uh, know why. I, I think I've well, decided he's my nemesis. Well, you, you are. You, you, it's come from that kind of conversation you had on Twitter and you feel like, I think me and Tom were quite high on him and you, you feel like you've th- laid it I think it out. I might have deep-rooted issues with being wrong. Um, I think that's where no, this lies. No, 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 no. <laughs> Um, but it looks like I'm going to be proven right on that one, so I will take that. Justin Fields. Mm. 
Yeah, we've got to talk about him. Is he is he a sit candidate? I don't. I think like Derek Henry. I don't know if you can sit him because you know he's he's a he's a rushing quarterback who are fancy gold. But he's had a, and what the Bears, the Bears have had a terrible start. QB sixteen, so superplex. Obviously, you're going to keep him. I understand Lee, that even at Denver, who just um well, I don't think we can take everything just based on what the Dolphins did last week, but. Yeah, I thought, they, I thought been... the Broncos' defense looked solid. <laughs> the, the Broncos have always had a good defense, but that it, even that's disappeared. One thing I did really, really enjoy is the questions to Sean Payton. About oh, he was so funny. He was like, <laughs> he was like, is that a was there a question in there? <laughs> it was amazing. I would love someone just turn and go. Um, so you were quite scathing about the uh, job last year being one of the worst you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. How's that going? How's that going? You, but the, to, fair play to the report because he was kind of just paid. You were really, really rubbish. <laughs> How do you feel about that? No, you were really rubbish. But you've got to take that, haven't you? When you've been his vocal, he's got to... Come on. He won't realise that until they win. Um, but I think it's the biggest discussion of the week. And I think people... He will hit the waiver wire in leagues. Because, say, people throw the toys out the pram with players that are disappointing, don't they? And people want to be... Someone's out on a player before everyone else is out on them to show that they, they, they called did it, it right. But what did you say about last season? What week did he start week to get going? Six. Week um, six. I'm going to say that in the next show, because remember the order we've recorded the shows. Oh in yes, week. we always yes. we always do them in the same yes, order. Yes, yes, yes. You yes. ruined that. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got Justin Field in one of our leagues. It's a 16 team league uh, that we organise by four conferences based on geographic location around the UK. And I spent a lot of trade capital last year to get myself two good quarterbacks in that because that is the value of that in a league like that is just phenomenal but Justin Fields and Dak Prescott I sat Justin Fields this week because obviously Dak Prescott's going to get loads of points against the Cardinals he did a little bit better Mm -hmm. Um, but I think I would go with Dak until further notice in that situation who would you start Justin Fields over looking at season stats I'll jump down to QB 10 in fact no I'll start QB 8 Russell Wilson I mean, I'd probably start Wilson over him at the moment. Jared Goff. Goff. Deshaun Watson. Oh, I hate Watson. I'd never start him anywhere ever. So bias overrules that on Watson then. Mac Money Jones. Or Money Mac. Mac Money or Money Mac? Money Mac money sounds Mac. better. Yeah, Money Mac. Yeah, I think I'd probably start Jones at the moment. CJ Stroud. Yeah, you'd start Stroud. Brock Purdy. Yeah. Geno Smith. Yeah. Jimmy G. Yeah, I think... I mean, it all depends on opponents. And, and, but I just think Fields is likely to have a massive game. And I know the week that I benched him, he would have a massive game. Joshua Dobbs. Yeah, Dobbs. Dobbs is not having a bad season. Where is he? What quarterback? So Dobbs is QB 18. Right. And no one would have thought that. Can he pick it? No, he's useless. <laughs> Desmond Ridder. No, yeah, I, we found the level yeah, we then. Found the level, so yeah. you're only not starting players that we are completely out on. You started a heck of a lot of players though that we would definitely not have drafted before him. At well, the start what of the was season. he drafted? RB about quarterback five, five six. Yeah. yeah, so him and Lamar were interchangeable, weren't they? So yeah, an interesting topic. But I say if you see him dropped and you have space on your bench, I do think he's worth a stash because he's still got that potential. We've seen it manifest before. Malcolm, let's have a little note from our sponsors, the boys at Stateside Sports. Fantasy football is all about collecting the best roster of players. So why not assemble your roster at home with some help from Stateside Sports? With over 30 sports trading card products in stock right now, Stateside Sports is the best place to grab the latest releases in sports trading cards. 
collect autographs of your favorite stars, rookie cards of the hottest prospects, and rare super short print cards to make your collection as unique as your fantasy team. Start your search the best way possible. Visit statesidesports.co.uk now. So remember as well, they've got that fantastic competition running. If you want to any of their NFL, football, or soccer for our American listeners, Formula One, UFC, any car breaks at all, each one will get you an entry into the prize draw for a PlayStation 5. So check it out and get involved with those. And thank you very much to the boys for being our sponsors. It's lovely to have you on board with us. We've also been talking with Tony Lim about a potential little side project we should keep you posted about in this season as we move on. But shall we be positive, Ed, with... Starts of the Week. I would like to make an apology to Mr. Zach Moss. Because <laughs> Zach Moss, I said that you were going to be a flash in the pan. You were going to do nothing against the Ravens. But it looks like it could keep on rolling. Yeah, had a solid week. Um, what I'm hoping is, if I say how this is going to happen, it's going to be really, really good moving forwards. He will blend into obscurity again. The Ravens did make him look good. I think the, the Ravens' O-line was heavily depleted. Uh, once you're into the secondary, you've almost got a free run as well, other than Carl Hamilton, who was phenomenal in that game. But Zach Williams was really good. Patrick Queen had a good game. Yes, yeah, I think that... Zach Mosh, he found those channels, didn't he? And he played really, he, did, he played well as badly as the O line in front of him was defending him. 18 carries week two was the RB10, and 30 carries against the Ravens in week three, RB5. He seems like he's logical to keep going with a minute, but I just, I just feel like that the bottom will fall off that at some point. Adam Thielen, I love a revenge game narrative, and the Vikings love giving up yards to wide receivers at the minute. So he's coming off the back of 11 receptions, 145 yards. He looks playable, especially where you draft him. He seems like a really good flex option this week. I love Adam Thielen. He's just a nice guy, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, I've, I've never spoken to him. <laughs> Not really here to see. He, just he seems might like be horrible, nice but I just love him. Andy Dalton. We're going to mention him on Fantasy Five as well. If he's playing and you're struggling at QB, kind of as above, the Vikings are giving up a lot of points to QBs and wide receivers. It's not inspiring, I know. I never thought I'd be saying Andy Dalton this season. But Dalton was QB7 on the week, so you can't count him out, really. I'll be talking about him in the wave wire pickups as well. Sam Laporta is a must-start from here on in. Um, great start to his rookie season, as I've already said. And who else are you confident starting at tight end outside of Kelsey, really? Um, he looks solid and reliable. So Sam Laporta, as well, looks must-start for the moment. Who are you looking at? Yeah, keeping the theme with tight ends. Tight end is a problem position at the moment. Before I mention the tight end that I think you should get on, um, again. Another apology, my second in very We've short been space of time. apologising this week. Uh, I, I encourage you to start Josh Reynolds last week. Josh Reynolds got <laughs> no targets and zero points. So I, I can only apologise. But yeah, tight end wise, I think you should maybe have a look at Donald Parham. So he's had three touchdowns in three weeks and he, he appears to be Herbert's red zone go-to guy. He's only playing 50% of the stats and he relies on touchdowns for his points. But he's been tight end four and tight end five in the two weeks where he's connected for a touchdown. He's only rostered in 24% of leagues and he's only started in 2% of leagues. And I get that <laughs> because he will have those fallow weeks. But when there are so many tight ends underperforming, I think he might be someone worth picking up. Yeah, definitely has that potential. That's when we're chasing opportunity, aren't we? Um, my one question mark against Parham is that Gerald Everett is there, but... The targets have to go somewhere, aren't they? Is Parham going to be who benefits over Quentin Johnson, we'll talk about shortly, with Williams being out until Eckler comes back. We spoke before, as soon as Eckler's back, that's it. Targets are going towards him as well. 
But yeah, a, a difficult position could be worth that pickup. Jacoby Myers is one of my key starts for this week. He's got the Chargers, who are getting the most passing yards in the league, 337 per game. He missed week two, but it was the wide receiver three on the week in week one with 10 targets and wide receiver 21 this week with 12 targets, obviously coming back from that time out. I think he could be a really, really good start, especially when we've spoken about wide receiver value in the flex position. So next up, James Cook, who has the Dolphins this week, giving up the ninth most yards against the rush per game. He registered two 90-plus yard games in a row with a minimum of 15 carries, and his 6.1 yards per carry leads all running backs with over 30 carries. So it looks like James Cook is hitting his stride and is on a top-tier offense as well, so I think he's definitely worth your consideration, especially this week against the Dolphins. Shall we look at some other players we could pick up, Ed? Fire from the wide. Well, something went right. Jerome Ford paid off. Um, say we got right. The whole fancy industry, as soon as Nick Chubb went down, Everyone and saw that Jerome Ford played for the Browns. Kareem Hunt didn't. Shocker. Imagine a player that's already played for the Browns and was underwhelming. Joining the Browns again was underwhelming. So Jerome Ford, he didn't look amazing on the eye, but he has those touchdown carries. He's getting the work. So he was worth that fab expenditure. As we move through the season, players like that become few and far between, so you are better off spending your fab now than waiting to overpay for someone later. Key thing now, start looking ahead to the bye weeks as well. It shouldn't be the be-all and end-all at all at the moment, but this can be quite useful to see. Do you know what? Next week, I've got two or three players out. Try to maybe address that on the waiver wire a week early. We'll be talking about that next week on Fantasy Five as well. I think I've got a sneaky suspicion, Ed, that a um, Devon A-Chain, who's currently rostered in 47% of leagues, might be a hot prospect off the waiver wire this week. Yes, and he had a phenomenal week, but consistency will be the key with A-Chain. I, I can't... Well, he's obviously not going to have weeks like that every week, but I could see him having several weeks where he's fancy irrelevant. It's unlikely you're going to have to pick up Raheem Mostert, who's 89% rostered, but out of the two, I'd go A-Chain. His most has a track record for disappearing when everyone starts True. to support him and get behind him. And he is a 31-year-old running back. They the are. way this season's going, I don't fancy where he most have the full season. He, he should be, um, you know, kind of studied for like, <laughs> to get to that age and still be a, a, a relevant running back. But remember, when you are trying to grab Devon A-Chain, do not overreact with your fab budget, because I might do, and I'd quite like him in a few leagues, please. <laughs> so if you could go below $30 fab dollars, I would like that very much. Quentin Johnston, 51% rostered. The numbers don't back it up, but he's clearly going to see more targets with Williams out. I think he's, if he's available, I say he's in nearly half leagues, he could be worth picking up because, as we see, this is the time of the year that rookie wide receivers start to get more and more involved. This is the time of season where Jefferson, where Amon Ra, where Wilson have all taken off and really become elite prospects. So he could be a candidate for that. QB Titus, as always, I mean, I've mentioned him already. It's going to be his uh, second mention of the show, and it'll be his third on the week when you listen to Fantasy Five. Andy Dalton, 5% rostered, has the Vikings, who are conceding 261 yards per game. Not sure I could bring myself to do it in redraft, although 2QB, he's definitely got that value. So Superflex, go out and get him if Young is out. So obviously, if Young's playing, you're going to go for Young. But Andy Dalton looks like he might have one or two fancy relevant weeks still in him. Best QB title of the week on the wave wire, though. CJ Stroud, currently quarterback 12 on the season. Obviously only over three games, but he's putting some points up. He's making solid progress, and he's got options in Nico Collins and one Mr. Tank Dell we'll talk about in a moment. He may well grow into steady QB 1-2 from here on in. 
if you are struggling for a quarterback in your dynasty leagues as well, you've probably only got a couple of weeks so you can trade for CJ Shrabble. His value goes through the roof as well. If he develops as we'd like him to, we shall see. More QBs in plug and play QBs on Fantasy Five, though. Who have you got to raise for some potential waiver picks? Well, just to reinforce what I said about Donald Parham, especially in leagues where you might have taken a gamble on a tight end, like I did a lot with Earth Smith, which doesn't look like it's going to pay off. So, yeah, he's one to, take, uh, to maybe have a look at. We mentioned Quentin Johnson, but I think Josh Palmer's the man who's most likely to benefit from Mike Williams' season ending injury. He's had 13 targets across three weeks with a, just a 60% snap percentage, which undoubtedly is going to go up uh, over the coming weeks. Uh, and he's got a good matchup, especially this week against the Raiders. So um, I'm definitely where he's available. And he's available in quite a few leagues. Uh, I'm going to look to be getting Josh Palmer rather than Quentin Johnson. But he's also a, a decent option. I think you have got those two choices there, haven't you? And I think it is a coin toss that only one you think is going to fill that void. I think Palmer's had the chance to... We know he's not that guy at this point, but he only needs to do it for a couple of weeks to make it worth the pickup, doesn't he? Exactly. My next two picks then, one that I'm not seeing many places is someone that I was relatively high on late in drafts pre-season. And I think we've got signposts to him having good value later on in the year as well. That's Jalen Warren of the Seelys, who I mentioned earlier as being that yards after the catch monster compared to other players around him. He's getting used to the dual threats back. Rushing attempts, week one, three, week two, six, week three, eight. So he's gradually moving up there. But targets, he had six in both week one and week two and four in week three. No, they are not big numbers. But he could be a great bench piece as we approach the bye weeks. And he could well grow into a bigger role. I mean, if Nigel were to miss time, which running backs seem to all ever miss time at some point, he could be great value to have. Jalen although he's rostered already in 63% of leagues, at some point, that will that will dry up very, very quickly if he does have that breakout game. And finally, my favourite piece of fire from the wire, and there could be no more appropriate name for fire from the wire, Tank Dell. What, what a week. game he what had. What a week. He was, the thing I like about a player like Tank Dell is not only does he put the points up fancy-wise, but what a joy to watch. Just a fantastic player. We mentioned him last week as being a potential player to look at. And he's now put up two big weeks in a row. So week two, he had 10 targets. Week three, he had seven targets. He's getting used. And Stroud is starting to show that promise we've already mentioned. And there's loads of talk about their connection in preseason. And this week, they have the Steelers ranked 19th against wide receivers. So this could be the week of Tank Dell. Rossin in 48% of leagues, so go and pick him up. It's a, just a joy to watch for someone that I'm quite happy cheering on for my fantasy team. Yeah, I think Tank Dell is going to be very fantasy relevant. and. Obviously, in dynasty leagues, well, in dynasty leagues, he's probably already been snapped up, hasn't he? But in redraft, get on him. Fantasy Basics. Fantasy Basics. We took a break from last week. Why did we take a break from Fantasy Basics, Ed? Because we forgot about it. We just forgot to do it. Uh, so that's why the show was a bit short last week, because we forgot all about it. We, we, need to get some, we need to get a producer. Should we get a we producer? We do. Get a producer. If any budding producers are, are listening. We can't pay you because our sponsors don't pay us. No, and it would, it would save me three hours every Tuesday night as well. That would be very much appreciated. This week's question is from a Mr. Michael Poulter. So a young man who started doing fantasy football from Germany. Was he Germany? Germany, I think. So he messaged on Twitter, Mr. Michael Poulter. Uh, he was asking us, should you focus on running backs or wide receivers in flex spots? Mm. Now, for that, we're going to look at PPR focus because that is, although we have standard scoring in PPR, PPR in our circles, at least, is standard. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't think I'm in any leagues that aren't PPR. 
So I've looked at similar to what I was looking at earlier in the show about those numbers that players have put in up. I want from a flex position, if I get 10 plus points, I'm relatively happy mm. from a flex. Obviously, yes, you want more, but anything below 10, I'm looking at who I've left on my bench and should have put in. Running backs with 10 plus points. Week one, there were 28. Week two, there were 24. Week three, there were 20. Wide receivers with 10 plus points. Week one, there were 40. Week two, there were 54. Week three, there were 41. So it's quite easy. There are more wide receivers that get you good points from a flex position than there are running backs. Yes, there is the variation of where those players were drafted. Yes, you have the anomalies when you have a most at an A-chain week players that were drafted well outside the top 12. But probability and the data suggests that that's the way you go, especially in PPR, where you're getting the point for every reception. Yeah, it's, it's harder to score big points as a running back. You could have a solid, I don't know, 90-yard rushing game and what's that? Nine points. Yeah. It's it, uh, without a touchdown. And, and it is weighted in favour of wide receivers. Unless you took three running backs in your first five rounds, chances are you've not got a running back that you're happy with putting in your flex spot. The whole point of a receiving back as well is the fact that they are a bit of a cheat code for fantasy. So you're not putting those in flex spots anyway. They are up in your top tier of running backs as well. I was always very running back heavy in drafts. And until the last... until. Until last season, I was very lucky with injuries, so it always paid off for me. I always ended up with three solid running backs. Injuries and the way that injuries running backs have gone over the last couple of years have swayed me from that. So I, I think it's not just you. I think it's changed the whole fantasy landscape. Well, yeah, it has. We spoke we've about it the season, it. Yeah, didn't we? Yeah, we yeah. I suppose we followed the trend that's going on elsewhere, haven't we, as yeah. have many people. But that's the thing. is, And when you're looking at the numbers, yes, it's always good when a gut feeling pays off and you can show off that you got it right. But data trends outperform gut instinct so stick with that so yes mr michael Poulter, if you're looking for your flex spots we suggest you look at your wide receivers especially from the waiver wire we said last week rather than your running backs and also i know this is a stupid thing to say potentially which i, I never say stupid things no, you're but, about to <laughs> but don't forget about your tight ends i know we've talked about tight yeah. ends not having a great season for example in one league i think i've got somehow i don't know how i've got kelsey as my tight end and i've got hawkinson who I'm putting in my flex, one of my flex spots. How did you do that? I don't know how it happened. I'm not sure how it happened, but I have. Is that in a dynasty league? I think, it, I, I don't know. We had that eight-team dynasty league. We got rid of that, didn't yeah. we? Where, where we all had insane well, teams. Some people just got very angry. They heard the word eight-team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and I don't know why I've got those two in the same team. Lucky, lucky boy. I still lost this week. Well, speaking of you losing, it's time for... Fantasy Props. Pistol. Versus Ed. So last week we had the Brucey bonus round. We had higher or lower. Started off really well with CMC. You did. Well, you sent me a message after that game. So CMC week two had 22.5 and you went higher, 22.9. Yeah, comfortable. Snuck a victory. (laughs) Jordan Love, he had 20.34 in week two. You said lower, 25.3. I I thought that looked absolutely nailed on. I agreed with you on that one. Yeah. Mark Andrews, week two, had 15.5 against the Colts. Stupid Raven. You went stupid higher Raven. and he had 7.5. He had an awful week. Cowboys defense. Oh. I thought this was safe. I did. Um, 16 points against the Cardinals. They got one point. One point. One point. And they were lucky to walk away with one. And finally, Amaras St. Brown. He had 14.2 points in week two. You went higher. He helped you on that one, 90.6. But... It was 3-2 to me, which takes me to 2-0 or 2-0 for me on the season. I don't think I've ever had a two-point league No, before. no, it's quite nerve-wracking. Nerve, nerve 
I can't, I can't get it out. That's how nervous I am. Uh, I won't edit it out then, seeing as you've drawn attention to it. <laughs> so this week's fancy prop, I'm going to give you a choice, Mark. Would you like to go number one or number two? One, please. Okay, well, wait and see what I'm going to say. Okay, sorry, I'm right. So I'm going to give you the top two players in each position so far. Mm-hmm. And a bit like last week, we'll be best of five. So whoever wins exciting. best of five. So I've got quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and I've got defense rather than kicker. Okay. I, hope, I hope you're happy with that. So, I'm very happy. Thank you. First of all, let, let's see what your um, gut feeling is. Who do you think are the top two fancy quarterbacks at the moment? We're talking in total points scored. Uh, I think, or may I have a thing, I think it might be Kirk Cousins and Justin Herbert. Did you look at my notes? No, I did some research for this show. Oh, okay. <laughs> very good. So, yes, it is Justin Herbert and Kirk Cousins. Very close. So, Justin Herbert is QB1 on 71.4 points. Ooh. And Kirk Cousins is QB2 uh, on 69.7 points. And so you probably want to know their opponents. Oh, yes, four. please, if I could. So Herbert has got the Raiders and Cousins has got the Panthers. So QB1 or QB2? Um, 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 I, think that, I think this is the toughest one I of the lot. I agree. I think, oh, my loyalty to the most boring man in the whole of the world of sport, I'm going to go for Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk. So you're going QB2. Mm. Okay, so um, then we've got running back. So who do you think the top two are? Um, 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 CMC's been very consistent. Correct. But he's miles behind the number one. Is he? I was thinking Miami. <laughs> um, most of them, because he would have put more before than A-Chain. Correct, yeah. Raheem Mostert. CMC. I don't want to know yes. that. Yes, okay, okay. <laughs> so just for the listeners. <laughs> okay. Uh, Raheem Mostert, 83.9. CMC, 70.3. Um, Mostert has got the Bills as well, and CMC has got the Cardinals. So, yeah, I think that is an absolute slam dunk. I'd be tempted to put money on the bet of Mostert hitting the under on a five fancy point line this week. Really? That's right. just what he does sometimes, Agreed. isn't it? Uh, out, of, out of all of them, I think that's the absolute... Yeah. Uh, guarantee for you. So, wide receivers, who are the top two wide receivers? And they are incredibly oh, Ke- close. I know Keenan Allen because I was very happy to see how well he was doing. And someone and is point it's four Tyreek Hill, yeah. isn't it? So, Tyreek Hill, 90.2 points. Keenan Allen, 89.8. So, you want to know who they're playing, don't you? Yes, please. So, Tyreek Hill is against the Bills, uh, like most of it is, and Keenan Allen is against the Raiders. I'm going to go Keenan Allen. So, I'm going to. Blit. I'm going to go for the opposite of a stack. So I'm going to go out on the charges for QBs and in on the charges for wide receiver. Yeah, so so far, I'd agree with you on Allen. Um, I maybe would have gone differently with a quarterback. So I'd have gone That's Herbert, a coin possibly. toss for that one. So Agreed. yeah, I wouldn't dispute that. Uh, and tight end one and tight end two. Who do you think they are? So it's Laporta. Yeah. And... I think Travis Kelsey has been go... too busy with Taylor Swift. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 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 a lovely bit more topical humour. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be Hawkinson, hasn't it? Correct. So, TJ Hawkinson is tight end one, 49.9. Sam Laporta is tight end two with 42.6. So, Hawkinson uh, plays the Panthers, like Kirk Cousins does, and Sam Laporta plays the Packers. So, again, I think this is difficult. It is. I'm going to go for... I think I'm going to go Hawkinson. But once again, that, that's a close one for me as well. And last but not least, the top two defences... Cowboys. Correct. Number one. Bill's got 33. I'm going to say Bill's that one-off week would have put him up there, surely. Very good. You've shown excellent fantasy oh, yeah, I, Honestly, I do my research <laughs> for this. So, yeah, Cowboys defence one with 57 points. The Bills defence two with 50 points. So, the Cowboys have got the Patriots, 
And the Bills have got the Dolphins. So two, two very different. Cowboys teams. are gonna have a they're gonna have a point to prove this week. I think Mike Parsons is gonna be an angry, angry man this week after that performance against the Cardinals. Yeah, and the Bills play that top tier, well, arguably the best offensive football. Yeah. That's um, a lovely little game. Enjoy yeah, that. Yeah, so you've gone Cousin, CMC, Keenan Allen, Hawkinson, and the Cowboys. If I can make it 3 0, I'd be so happy. I know, that would be very worrying. Sunday Night Bet Club. So last week, I've now two for two. I've only ever put two bets on in my life for a Scorigami happening. And a Scorigami happened. Two happened. Two happened. L- I missed that. No, last night was also. Oh. I couldn't believe it. It wasn't the. It wasn't the Bengals. It, it was the Bucks. Eagles. I think was scoring was well. Yeah, oh, I'd missed that. Yeah, and I th- it was a really. It was a score where you think. Obviously, 70-20 yeah. is a scoring yes. army, obviously. But yeah, I was quite surprised last night. What I did like, I saw. I can't where I saw it on Twitter to uh, to give credit where credit is due. But if. They had scored one more touchdown. They would have to have redesigned the Scorigami tracker sheet because it only goes up to 73. Is that right? So that would have been that would have been the best Scorigami. So yes, I am two for two on my Scorigami bets. Yeah, 25-11. I suppose so we're recording on a sun... So we're recording on a Tuesday, so we've not seen that side. But yeah, so two Scorigamis in one week. I won't put that bet on for a little while because probability dictates that probably won't happen again this season now. That was the 1,078 unique... Final score. In an Very interesting. Entry. I do like. I like when the scores come in. They say that is not a score of garbage. This has happened this many times. Yeah. So yeah, it's very interesting. If you want, just if you're not entertained enough during red zone, have a look at Scorigami on Twitter as well. This week's bet, I'm bringing back an old friend from the old show, Edward. Oh, Ooh. are you ready to get sexy? <laughs> yes. Let's get sexy. That's right, some late night over under. So, the late slates, there are four games on, and the betting app of choice, well, new betting app of choice, I joined, up an, I joined a new betting app of choice Ooh, this week you? because they were doing a lovely £30 in three £10 free bets, Ed. I shall tell you about them later on. Oh, thank you. Um, so, we've got Patriots at Cowboys, Raiders at Chargers, Cardinals at 49ers, Chiefs at Jets. For anyone who isn't a regular of betting, the over-under is basically a total scoreline. Given we spoke about the over-under when we're talking about how to select defences, uh, streaming defences the other week. But basically, there is a point line given, and then you predict whether that is going to be over or it's going to be under. And that's why you often have, well, always have a 0.5 score, because obviously you can't then get it bang on to put the money back in the bookie's pocket. So, Patriots at Cowboys, a line of 425 as you just alluded to, I think the Cowboys will be on it. And I think the Patriots' offence is struggling. As did the Cowboys' offence this week, hence the low-ish line. So what was the line? Uh, 42.5. I still think it will be above that line. I'd I've, go gone, over. I've gone under on that one. Oh, OK. We'll come back to that. Raiders at Chargers, 47.5. Raiders at Chargers. Chargers, I mean, they got the win this week. It was quite high scoring, as you'd expect against the Vikings. Against who are charged against? Raiders. Raiders at the Chargers. Raiders. Adams had a good week. What's the line? 47.5. A high line. Under? I've gone under on that one. Cardinals at 49ers. A line of 43.5. I instantly thought under, and then that line's higher than I thought it would be, so I'd go under. I've gone over for that one. Um, I don't... I just... The way the Cardinals are playing and 49ers seem to just be relentless. 
I don't know. That's the only one I've gone over for, though. And then Chiefs at Jets, a line of 42.5. Well, the Jets seem incapable of scoring any that points. That is true. Hence, and I think the Chiefs will do just enough. I know they steamrolled the Bears, but I don't think... They, sometimes the Chiefs just do enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I think I'd go under on that one. So, I've gone Patriots, Cowboys under, Raiders, Chargers under, Cardinals, 49ers over, and Chiefs, Jets under. Would you agree with that? I, I, I think they're all... As, I've already as... put the bet on. Oh, yes, let's go with that. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so that comes in at 11.87. The way that over-under betting works is it's essentially a 50-50 bet. So it's 1.95, I think, of the odds. So it always comes out around that point. On one betting app of choice last year, they gave you a little accumulated bonus, but this one was three bets, so I must not grumble. Let's see if we can have two bets in a row. We never did it when we did a weekly show just with betting. We never had two winners in a row. So if we managed to do it on this show... That will be truly remarkable. I don't miss losing lots of money every week. Well, a few pounds. A few pounds, <laughs> yes. I lost at least money. three pounds a week. Well, didn't we? I think we pretty almost broke even, did we? Yes, a couple of bets almost. got us over the line. Yeah. Over, but yeah, we betters we are not. But we like to have a little go every so often. Right, so that is us done. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed your little rundown of your one-stop shop as we build this as. A little bit of depth into all the different key areas. But if you are hungry for a little bit more, another little morsel, on Friday, keep your eyes peeled for the Fantasy Five podcast. And if you're going to Wembley, have a great time. Yeah, enjoy Wembley games if you are there. We're very much looking forward to getting ready for Ravens absolutely smashing the stupid Titans. That'll be the week Derek Henry Oh, God, no, it will, but I've, just, oh, I've seen how it all works out. And also, don't forget to give Johnny B, Riku and Dowie a listen over on the DFS show and get yourself involved in the DraftKings League. Really steady top prize, about $150 on there as well. I'm Loads desperate people to win it, involved. but I'm, I'm not really, I've not really been there or thereabouts. No, so get involved with that. And thank you for the boys for putting that on every week. That's us. We will be with you again on Friday if you choose to download us. Malcolm, take us home. You have been listening to Pestle and Ed of TH Fantasy Football. For more content, follow TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on Instagram and Twitter.